Welcome to the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast with your host, Jim Robinson. Hello, and welcome back to the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast. I'm your host, Jim Robinson. On this episode of the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast, we'd like to bring back an episode that is very timely for this time of year. The podcast covers the impact white molds can have on your soybeans. I hope you find it helpful in managing white mold and preserving yield. Anyway, here's the episode. In late June, early July, you drive down the road and you look over a clean, weed-free, uniform soybean field. Now, when you drive down that same road again in August, that once idyllic field is now punctuated by large patches of wilting, dead, and dying plants. You have soybean white mold. What is what is it? How can you manage it or avoid it in the future? Today, to talk about that with us, we have Jacob Foldy. Jacob, can you introduce yourself again? Hey, Jim. Thanks for having me back on the show. I am a product evaluation lead covering our northern regions in the north from Minnesota. Excellent. So, Jacob, can you tell us just a little bit about you know, what causes soybean white mold and describe its life cycle a little bit? Yeah, sure. So, white mold is a fungus. It's caused by the pathogen sclerotinia sclerotiorum which is an absolute mouthful to say. <laughs> so so we, we really refer to it, uh, it can be referred to as sclerotinia stemrot, or more commonly just straight white mold. I think if you walk into a farm and say, hey, let's talk about white mold, everyone knows what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. But so going to the life cycle, uh, it really starts off infecting your soybeans at the soil level. From the soil, we start off, uh, the infecting bodies come from what's called an apothecia, Apothecia is a small brown to tan colored mushroom. Um, it, they're, they're pretty small. They can be hard to find. They can be confused with other small fungi, that you can, uh, other little mushrooms in the soil, uh, like uh, bird's nest is a common one that you might confuse it with. Mm-hmm. But these apothecia are spore producing bodies and they're producing what's called an ascospore. And that's what's doing the infection, the infecting on your soybean plant. So those spores are driven by wind. And they need to find a way into your plant. Where, where on a plant, Jim, when they find a way in? You know, typically on plants, specific tissues tend to be more sensitive than others. So in this particular case, it's going to be senescing soybean, the, the actual blooms themselves, the senescing blooms. Yep. Blooms. And then you could also, if you have any sort of plant injury, that's mm-hmm. another way in. I think that that route's not as common, um, you know, but if, if you've got a little hail damage, or you've got any sort of uh, driving winds that blow any sort of abrasives, you know, blow sand on your on, on on your plant and can cause little wounds. That's just another way of those spores to get in and infect. So once once they're in and they cause their infection, you're going to start seeing the infection pretty pretty quickly. I think at that point of uh, um, where where those spores get in, that's that's where you're first going to see that, that infection pop up. Now, and we'll, from from we'll, no, we'll, go ahead, go ahead. When you initially see that infection, what, what does it look like when uh, yeah. that infection sets in? Well, that's the thing from the road or when, you know, when you're standing outside your field on the top of your canopy, you're, you're, initially you're, you're going to look fine. Everything looks just fine. But if you can get down into your canopy, that's where you're going to see the infection. That's where the name, the white mole actually comes in. You're going to have these, it's a cottony white uh, um, mass forming at that infection site. And that's where that name, again, where white mold comes from. It, it's, it's literally a mold growing on your plant, growing on the stems, the petioles, the pods. That's where that infection comes in. So um, that infection, what it's doing is it, it, it's, it essentially girdles your plant. It, it takes over the stem on, on the inside so that that plant can't move nutrients or water up and down the plant anymore. So you're going to uh, rapidly see that plant die off yellow 
uh, early and premature death, and you'll probably see some lodging after that. And at, at that point, you can definitely see from the road where 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 you see that uh, that infection has taken place. And further on, so that's you know that's in the life of the soybean after that that soybean's been taken over. You know, the fungus is using the plant as a host, right? It's trying to continue its life cycle, and it, it does that by forming. It's called sclerotia. Sclerotia is the is the overwintering body of the fungus. So you can find the sclerotia. They're small, oblong. They're a dark tan to a, a black colored uh, body, but they it's kind of crude. But they uh, resemble mouse or rat droppings. Mm-hmm. So you can find you can find these little bodies that can be on the outside. They can be in your pod on the outside of your pod. But more commonly, I think they're found if you were to take an infected plant and split it down the middle, you're going to find these these little uh, bodies inside the stem, right? And the the fungus is waiting for that plant to die. Once the plant dies, those sclerotia are dropped to the soil. Or even after you harvest white mold beans, that sclerotia is put right back to the soil. They can start its whole process over again. Uh, so, so go ahead, go ahead. So, Jacob, tell me a little bit. You know, what is the impact of soybean white mold? I mean, you said that it girdles the plant, yeah. and and where can we generally find it? Yeah, so you can find it really in in more of the northern geography, um, the northern Midwest, the Dakotas, Minnesota, Wisconsin. Uh, I can get down into Nebraska, Iowa, Illinois, Indiana. It was actually first discovered in Illinois, so you can blame Illinois for white mold, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> just just kidding but it it really comes down to you know the yield loss comes down to what what percent do you do you have infected and the, the general rule of thumb is for every 10 percent of plants you have infected you can see about a three to five bushel yield loss mm-hmm. um that, that's about the, the main impact of it now wh- where does that yield loss typically come from because you said that you know the plants can start to die off early they can also start to lodge mm-hmm. you know, what, what's causing the yield loss that you actually see yeah yeah, so you can lose, you can straight up lose beans in the pod. They can be taken over and they're just gone. Um, that the plant maybe didn't finish building that that bean in the pod, so you've got really light beans. It's it's really taken away from the beans mostly, the the beans themselves from the plant. Absolutely, and if you do have enough lodging, you you may actually have harvest lost as well. You know, stuff that doesn't make it into the combine. Mm-hmm, sure. Mm-hmm. Sure, and and all of that lodge plants. I mean, all of that just 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 kind of builds up the inoculum in the soil. You're just going to see it again and again and again as you as you plant beans there. Yeah, no, right. Exactly. And as I interrupted you about earlier, uh, I think you were about to say that that inoculum in the soil can actually persist for several years, right? Yes, right, right, several years. And uh, a, a simple crop rotation, one year rotation, is not going to be enough. To, I think to have any sort of impact on your future soybean crops. It's going to take multiple, multiple years away from soybeans to try and limit uh, the, the pressure in, in the future. Absolutely. So uh, before we get to more of the management of soybean white mold, can you tell me a little bit about what conditions favor white mold? You know, why do we typically see it in the northern geographies, not necessarily um, as you move farther south? Sure. So I think part of that comes is mainly just the environment, right? Soybean is a fungus. It likes... Uh, moderate to cooler temperatures and, and, and moisture. So temperatures really uh, 80, to 80 to 85 and under, and then, and then frequent rain around flowering time and that early pod development. So I, I think you get those temperatures mostly in the north. You don't see, you, you stay too warm down south so that fungus can't grow and, and infect. But and the other thing that happens, we have early canopy closure. That's, that's a really big part uh, that, that keeps the soil wet underneath the canopy. Uh, that that moisture hangs in there, and that really helps push along the fungus and and, and helps it infect your plants. 
Now, Jacob, there's a little bit of kind of a a dichotomy here because a lot of those conditions that you just described that that really promote white mold growth and infection and uh, and basically the severity of the disease are also conditions that can really improve soybean yields overall. Mm -hmm. I mean, soybeans don't like being too hot. They like, you know, if you close the row, you're going to have capture more sunlight, reduce weeds. So how can a farmer Mm -hmm. manage soybean white mold? So it really comes down to some of your cultural practices, right? And, and, and trying to keep that canopy open for as long as you can. So if you're on a narrow row, in my mind, narrow row is 22 inches or under, you know, if you're 20 or 15 or even drilled at seven and a half, those conditions really help white mold. So you try and widen your rows, get, get the 30 row inch, 30 inch row spacing if you can. Your plant density is another one. Uh, I think the probably the most common planting population that I run into in the north anyway with farmers is around that 140 mark, even up, you know, plus or minus 10,000 down to 130, up to 150. The guys who are planting or the farmers who are planting 160 up are, and uh, are, are not helping themselves, especially if they have a history of white mold. And then your planting date can, can have an impact. The I, I know it's it kind of brings up heartburn from 2019, but if you can push your planting date a little later, mid-May or even later, that, sh- that, that just helps your, your timing, right? That white mold's on a clock. If you can take control of that clock and confuse it essentially by planting later, it's not going to have anything to infect or your canopy will stay open longer. Um, that, that helps a lot too. And then the last one I think is, and I don't think this happens a ton, but your, your soil fertility, your, your fertilizers or manure, manure, uh, <laughs> I've seen some fields that had manure, you know, sometimes you had no choice, but to get, get the manure out of the pit and put it somewhere. Mm-hmm. And, uh, um, you know, if you have to follow soybeans on that, there's a really good chance you're going to see white mold following any manure or fertilizers. Let the plant fertilize itself. It, it takes care of that all on its own and we should just let it do that. Don't add anything extra in, 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 the ter- in terms of nitrogen anyway, let, let it, let it build its own. Absolutely. So, so what about from a crop rotation standpoint? You know, you'd mentioned that uh, a single year, you know, going a corn bean rotation uh, doesn't necessarily reduce the inoculum enough to have anything, you know, meaningful in terms of reduction of, of the uh, uh, white mold fungus in the soil. So yeah, what can you do rotation wise? Uh, so you're going to want to just get away from beans for as long as you can. If you, if you can get away with corn on corn, if you can find some good hybrids that help you go corn on corn, if you have any, any other crops, you can mix in that rotation. You know, the Dakotas, I think wheat's a, a lot more of a common crop to get in, in with that rotation it is, or uh, alfalfa. Alfalfa can be another option, something that you leave in the soil for many years. Anything you can do to get away from soybeans for three to five, even more years, if you can, is very helpful. Absolutely. And it's not like, Farmers need to do this on every single field. It's only those fields where where it's absolutely yeah. necessary that white mold has been a limiting factor for multiple uh, rotations. So yep, and not and not just weeds, Jim. You know there are other plants that can still uh, house the inoculum. So weeds are actually kind of another issue that you can that you can see in this controlling mm-hmm. your weeds like uh, lamb's quarter, ragweed, mm-hmm. cockleburr, pigweed, velvet leaf, to name a few. If you can control those weeds, that will also help because that the, the fungus will use those as a host and it'll just keep its life cycle going. So uh, what what can some of our growers do to keep those weeds out of their fields, Jim? Yeah, so, I mean, Liberty is a great option to control a lot of those weeds. I mean, those are all broadleaf weeds. Liberty does a great job of controlling them. And if a grower thinks that he needs something a little bit more powerful, then there's always a, a tank mixture of something like Enlist One plus Liberty. 
Uh, glufosinate does a great job. 2,4-D does a great job. And that'll really help reduce uh, those alternative hosts. You bet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what about individual varieties? I mean, what, what do we see from individual varieties? Can you make a difference in terms of, of how much white mold you get based on what product you mm-hmm. select? Yeah. So there is, there really isn't one um, variety that's completely resistant. I think every soybean is susceptible to white mold. Some are just better than others. Use, use your product ratings. I think there's a lot of testing being done. This is such a prominent disease that I think there's a lot of testing done. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, like looking through our product guide, you know, we rate all of our agronomics on a one to nine scale, nine being the best. So if you can, if you've got a history of white mold, if you're checking, going through your product guide, look for those beans that are highly rated, you know, a seven, an eight or a nine in our book is a really strong rating for white mold. So if you can find that, it, uh, that bean and get it on those acres that are, that are tough, that that's a really good option. And then uh, if you can avoid full season varieties, try and early things up. Um, and then look for beans that have uh, more of a narrow plant plant structure, right? I mean, the, the beans that are really wide and bushy and get the canopy quick, like we already discussed, is not what you're looking for. You want to keep that canopy open a little longer if you can help it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Is there anything that a farmer might be able to do from a chemical control standpoint? Yeah, you know, chemically you can use fungicides. Um, I, there, again, there's not one fungicide that offers complete control. There's not a perfect answer out there for what to do, but the, if you're going to use a fungicide, first off, I think they can get kind of pricey. That that can be a deterrent for some. I mean, I understand that, but there there isn't a uh, your only option is to put that fungicide on right when right when you start to see flowers, and it needs it needs to be a preventative. You can't use a curative to help white mold once your plant is infected. Uh, it's essentially game over for that plant. There's nothing you can put over the top. It's gonna save that infected plant so your only option is to go with the preventative that, that's really it exactly so jacob just to kind of summarize what we've talked about here today you basically white mold or sclerotinia stem rot is a really common disease especially in the northern geographies where soybeans are grown and basically it's, it's caused by a fungus that infects the plant it, it grows in the soil infects the plant through senescing blooms or open wounds in the plant and then begins to actually girdle the petioles and the stems of the plant, which can then limit water and nutrient uh, transport and thus causes death in, in the uh, either pods or leaves or whatever it may be. This can cause yield losses of three to five bushels for every 10% of plants that are infected and uh, basically is really brought about by some of those more moderate daytime high temperatures. So 85 degrees and below really favors the progression of the disease, as well as additional moisture that's retained either through a fast closed canopy or a lot of rains during the reproductive stages of the sclerotinia. So farmers can really try to manage this while they won't be able to manage it in such a way where they just come across with the fungicide and cure the, the plants. What they can do are a number of cultural and varietal practices that can avoid uh, really the progression of the disease or, or even infection of this disease. Some of those may be uh, trying to delay in those fields that have historically bad white mold pressure, delaying canopy closure, either through wider row spacing, later planting dates, uh, more upright varietal uh, selections, uh, as well as multi-year uh, rotations, whether it's you know three or four years corn on corn or alfalfa or something along those lines. Reducing the inoculum through the reduction in uh, host plants, it's a great way to uh, 
avoid getting a worse white mold problem than you've had before. And if worse comes to worse and you think that you're going to have too fast of canopy closure and things are going to be a little bit too wet, you can use a preventative to try to reduce the overall uh, infection of white mold in your soybeans. Is there anything else you'd like to add to that? I've got one more that I thought of while you were going through, and it, it's a small thing, but I've, I've passed this little nugget along. If if you do know that you have white mold in your in your in a field, try and harvest that area or even that whole field last in your in your harvest schedule. Um, that those sclerotia, the overwintering bodies, can get stuck in the combine and get thrown out somewhere else in the field. You can essentially move that infection around if if you were to combine that first. Mm-hmm. So try and leave try and leave those acres last if you can if you can help it. That's my last uh, that's my last nugget for this. That's a great tip. Episode. That's a great tip. But you don't necessarily want to wait, wait too long on them. You just maybe a, a bit quite a bit later into your harvest schedule. But you right. don't want to jump in with corn because otherwise you're going to get lodging in those white mold beans. But yeah, that's a great right. tip, for yep. Jacob. So yep, thank you so much for joining us in our, today's episode, Jacob. You bet. Thanks for having me again, Jim. Perfect. Well, as always, be sure to tune in on the 1st and 15th of every month for new episodes. And until then, stay field ready. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Rob Seco Field Ready Podcast. Join us next time to be field ready. A Huda Media Production.